Welcome to the second episode of Politics. Hey, let's go. Let's the go. home of short and informative updates on recent political developments and general topics related to the world of politics. This is the ideal podcast for any students of A-level politics or beyond. Welcome back to our hosts, Johnny Langton. Hello. Nice to be here. And James Welder. Go on, Jimmy. Go on. And I'm Edwin Castell. We love you, Ed. We love you, Ed. Thank you very much. So this week, Johnny, I believe we are crossing the pond to look at the exciting topic of government papers. We are indeed, and it's been quite a few months, uh, quite a few years, actually, if you can include Trump. Um, So do you want me to start from the beginning with Trump, or do you want me to go straight into Biden? It's up to you. Tell me why are politicians so careless? Well, (laughs) before um, the Trump documents became public news, he'd been worrying intelligence officials um, for a while based on how he treated these classified documents. This led to mistrust, which later on became more of an issue around obstruction. He'd burned documents and he even got caught flushing some down the toilet of the White House. So this all suggested to intelligence officials that we need to keep a closer eye on him and we don't know what he's gonna do. He's unpredictable, which is no surprise. When he left office, and this is a case for all presidents, what you're supposed to do is collect all the classified documents or at least ensure that they go back into the hands of the National Archives. Trump um, didn't do this. When he left office, the National Archives realized that there were a number of classified documents that were missing, and they got in contact with Trump to try and get them returned. It took a long time because Trump refused for a long time to uh, get them back or give them back. Um, Finally, after a year, Trump returned some documents, but it actually took the FBI to raid Mar-a-Lago to actually get the rest following all sorts of uh, issues around subpoenas. They uncovered 13,000 documents, uh, around 100 of which were classified. So that's Trump. Yeah. yeah, I mean, firstly, I cannot believe that Trump would take any work home. So it's, it's kind of hard to believe that you take these classified documents home. Um, Surely there yeah. must have been some dirt or some advantage <laughs> yeah, yeah, to Trump yeah. in, in these documents. Do we, do we know what was in them? Yeah. No, and I don't think you're likely to find out either. At least that's um, the way it is at the moment. Then um, what happened is Biden reacted in the typical way that an opposition uh, leader would. He was amazed how this could possibly happen, how someone could be so careless. <laughs> Then, uh, January 9th, I think the date was, CBS News Report reported that the Department of Justice were reviewing some documents found at an office at a think tank, which was formerly used by Joe Biden um, after he was vice president, so that period of the Trump uh, White House in Penn Biden Center, it was called. Reports said that lawyers were shutting down a Biden think tank and uncovered a sealed box and found about 10 classified documents. So in terms of the number, it's not, um, it's not in the same ballpark as Trump. But it depends on what's in those classified mm. documents. So it's something to be taken just as seriously. Um, they were found before the midterms, back in November. So we'll come on to that uh, a little bit later and the, uh, the implication there. Who do you think is a worse situation currently? At the moment, uh, Trump is probably facing the most legal peril. But, of course, it's not just legal um, yeah. ramifications, also political ramifications too, which we'll talk about in a bit. Yep. So, so is Biden a hypocrite then? Because he made a lot of political capital from Trump and all of this. Is it, is this a, uh, does, and the Republicans are certainly 
trying to accuse the Democrats of hypocrisy of saying they're just as bad, they're just, just the same. Is there any merit in that or do you think there's quite a different set of circumstances? It is, it is, um, it is quite different in terms of the, the actual action and the act itself. Um, it is quite similar. Uh, just to go on what James said earlier about, um, or you said earlier, about bringing work home. This was part of it because later on, Biden um, documents are found in Biden's home in Wilmington, uh, Delaware, uh, just like they were found in Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago. So that blurred the lines between a workplace and a home place and whether you should actually be taking these, we shouldn't be taking these classified documents home. And that revealed a, a more worrying culture. Well, is it, though, because Biden spent all of the lockdown period in COVID-19 <laughs> in his basement? Didn't he? I, mean, I mean, this is an American basement, yeah. not a little pokey broom cupboard sort of uh, used for coal that you get in Britain. It's like a huge suite of like probably with a gym and pool and everything. But but that, he did, though, didn't he? He was, he was famous for sort of hiding out in this and trying to do his updates. So do, do you think that's because he developed a home work? Culture? He did, but those documents shouldn't have been there in the first place, right? So these documents originate from... Um, well, mostly before COVID began. So those documents should have been returned anyway. Um, I would say the other thing to mention as well is in the last few weeks, uh, Mike Pence mm. has also been in trouble for having classified documents in his house. Now that's an entirely situa different situation as well because um, Pence originally said there's no way he's got documents and then he actually conducted a search himself in his home in Indiana, discovered them, and just like what you're supposed to do, which is exactly what Biden did, you're supposed to call the National Archives or the DOJ, and they're supposed to come and collect them. That is what is supposed to happen, which is exactly what the Biden camp did. They followed the rules. It's exactly what Pence did. It's exactly what Trump didn't do. Interestingly, I, I did see a, an interview um, that Pence gave just recently about how you know he didn't know they were there, but he fully admitted that they shouldn't have been there. Did you see that um, interview, yep. guys? Um, and, and you know, he, he sounded quite convincing with the interviewers, as politicians sometimes do, uh, rarely do. Um, but you know, what do you what do you think of that interview? And like, how do you think he's dealt with it? And do you think that have any political ramifications on, on him and whether he stands? Because you know, I hear rumours perhaps that he may stand for the Republican nomination. Well, it's interesting because at the moment, um, Trump is, as far as I know, he might have changed his mind, who knows, he's defending Pence. So he's, um, he was quoted as, as asking the media to leave Pence alone. That may well change if, when, I'd say when, not if, when Pence announces yeah. his intentions to run. Uh, I think he's going to run. I'm pretty sure he's going to run because he's released a book. If you release a book, chances <laughs> are you're going to run. Well, um, that, that will make a lot of money. <laughs> to fund his campaign, of course. To fund his campaign. Absolutely. Uh, they maybe. always give a percentage to the army as well, of course. You know? I bet yeah. you um, five pounds or a pint that Pence runs. Are you going to take that bet on? I, I will happily take your wager of, of a pint. Sounds okay. <laughs> Absolutely. He's going to run. <laughs> um, in terms of ramifications. Mainly so I can uh, get a pint with you. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of ramifications to Biden, um, it's a difficult one. I feel like it's a. It's, it's a lose-lose situation for Biden. The results of a prosecution, because they've both been um, handed over to special prosecutors, both presidents are under investigation by a Democrat and a Republican, respectively. Merrick Garland, who's the Attorney General, has given the reins over to a Republican to act as special prosecutor for Biden in the interest of fairness. 
the result of a prosecution is some it may be seen as less relevant because the damage is, is already done. Trump's image is going to be less tarnished than Biden's squeaky clean image around his documents. So therefore, um, this establishment rule-abiding president um, is going to suffer and it's going to drag on for months. It means that Biden cannot announce his candidacy either yeah. because we all think he's going to. He can't announce it until this is cleared up, really, and that could take months. Extraordinary things, isn't it? And if you think as well <laughs> about the previous election, I'm thinking the election now of 2016 yeah. with Trump and Hillary Clinton and Trump being able to use and attack Hillary Clinton in a very pretty misogynistic way, it has to be said, but also based on the facts that she got into trouble for using her own private emails. Now, I know this is a different situation in government papers, but it's a similar type of Mr. Nemo, essentially, isn't it? The use of your own personal space for government business. And that resulted in, first of all, the FBI launching an investigation at a crucial moment in the campaign and, and all the spotlight on Hillary Clinton. But then infamously, Trump being able to rally his supporters along the cries of lock her up, lock her up, and yeah. essentially accusing of being a criminal. Do we see a, a return of this with Biden now, do you think? Well, I mean, the, the, the Clinton emails and also the Hunter Biden issues and also the famous or the infamous Trump tape are all examples of October surprises that are specifically <laughs> held back by the opponents until the timing is right a few weeks out from the election so they don't have time to recover. This, I suppose, isn't an example of that, but um, it, it could be very damaging for Biden because it's not about the action itself. It could turn into an issue around, well, you complied with the legal authorities, but you kept it from the public. And that is quickly becoming the issue. He, it was discovered two days before the midterms um, by his team. The team knew it. Biden actually gave a speech about Trump, uh, about his, um, his carelessness. And Biden's team already knew about the documents being discovered. So they already knew about Biden was in trouble, about was going to be released eventually. But they kept it from the American public, and that could prove to be more damaging. You think more damaging than Trump's uh, situation? It could be more damaging the, than the results of the prosecution, because the way things are going now, it doesn't look like Biden's in any legal trouble, because it looks like he's complied. Mm. And therefore, that's the real crime. As soon as you obstruct justice, mm. um, then you're in trouble, which Trump is finding out. Is this due to a sort of slight human flaw? Do we think all of these situations? There's quite a few. I mean, Hillary Clinton, the emails, we've got uh, Trump and papers, and I've got Biden papers. If we come back to this side of the pond, we have had uh, Sunak has now had two fixed penalty notices, one for attending the lockdown party in 10 Down Street, another for not wearing a seatbelt whilst doing a campaign video. Is this just a symptom of incredibly high pressurized jobs? and the, the momentary carelessness, or should we be a bit more worried about the quality of uh, the politicians that we're getting? Uh, really perceptive question, Ed, and I think, uh, you know, it's really interesting that I feel politicians, are, you know, are judged by the expectation of them, in a way. Um, you know, you know, everyone has, um, you know, kind of character flaws, but I guess it's the public's... Um, 
kind of uh, acceptance of those human flaws within a politician. So for example, Boris Johnson, Donald Trump, there was a level from the public of acceptance towards these human flaws within their character. And therefore when they acted perhaps you know, in these uh, kind of uh, deviant ways at times, that there is more public, maybe not acceptance, but it's already been kind of expected of them and put into the public's calculations of them as a politician. And therefore, you know, when they do these types of things, it doesn't affect their political kind of... Um, uh, um, when they do these types of things, it doesn't affect their political ambitions. Whereas uh, maybe p uh, politicians like Keir Starmer or Joe Biden, um, the expectation is that they wouldn't do these types of things. Therefore, perhaps there is uh, a, a bigger reaction to these types of politicians doing those types of types of activities. It's an also a case of um, this is just the thing that's being exposed at the moment. I mean, yeah. if you think back to 2009, it was the expenses scandal. Mm. Now that yeah, issue is yeah, yeah. kind of kind of resolved because it got exposed now we're exposing the fact that classified documents aren't treated correctly i mean on restless politics alistair campbell was talking about how tony blair um or he was amazed in 10 downing street how classified documents were kind of left in a room carelessly and he remembers thinking well that's shouldn't that be somewhere a little bit more secure so mm. i think in terms of the documents this might just be an almost an expenses scandal moment and now with a few politicians being exposed for it, then um, they become a little bit tighter. And making up and using it as a political attack tool so by opposition parties and the media and honing in relentlessly on, on an issue that yeah. in normal circumstances would be would just result in a sort of like ticking off yeah. like um, you know yeah. sort out the, the, this procedure or order. Yeah. Yeah. Let's as a final point then, nothing uh, in American politics ever get set for long without it returning at some stage to essentially the next presidential election. And I think, Johnny, you've already alluded that in, in what you've said so far. So this is all about Biden putting himself through for nomination, isn't it? I mean, we are recording this on the 8th of February. The 7th of February is when he gave his State of the Union address um, to both houses of Congress. So this is, uh, for listeners who are not aware of this, this is where a president is able to address both houses in Congress to say, this is the plat my platform, this is what I would like to achieve as president over the next couple of years. Doesn't mean he can do it because at the moment he's not controlling the House of Representatives, but it's like his wish list. But all of this is about him running again, isn't it? It is, and it will be interesting to see how, how impactful this particular scandal, this particular story is on the election ultimately. I think it might have some effect um, because of how it's delayed Biden's uh, ability to start uh, to announce his candidacy but i still think it's quite early anyway if this drag the longer this drags out the more problems it causes for biden uh, purely on the fact that it's still an issue even if it's an issue which he could perfectly justify following what we what we expect to be um him being cleared do, you, do either of you think then that Bi there is a danger for biden that even if he nominates himself that the Democrat, that someone will stand against him from within the Democrat. I don't Democrat think course. anyone's no, standing Because normally, if, if you're president, a sitting president, and you decide to stand again, that's it basically, isn't it? Yeah. You are that, can, that party's candidate. Yeah, interestingly, I agree with Johnny here that who else is there? Um, you know, and I think, you know, 
the State of the Union address, I mean, Joe Biden was surprisingly quite coherent, actually, for a change. And uh, why surprisingly? <laughs> why surprisingly? No, you know, bless him. He's what, what a guy. What a phenomenal life he's lived. Um, but he is eighty years old now. You know, he is getting very old. Um, and you know, when's it time to you know go to the beach and you know have a great time? But um, but you know. He, I think he probably will stand again, um, and I think the Democrats will probably nominate him again because there is who else is there? You know, this isn't again uh, maybe 2008 or before. You know, kind of after them where there was multiple candidates. So in 2016, you know, multiple candidates to choose from there. Whereas now Kamala Harris perhaps you know hasn't been proven herself as a heavyweight yet to be able to take that mantle of the presidency. Um, and just uh, interestingly there, um, to your point, Ed, you know, looking back at the George W. George H.W. Bush versus Clinton election, interestingly, Bush left it very late to announce his presidency and ended up losing to Clinton, which was a, you know, interesting kind of uh, point there. He was kind of more of the president that would be like, I want to do what I'm doing. And that's how I show to the public my pedigree as a president. So who is willing to wage? We've always had one wager at this podcast that we're going to get a rerun of Trump v. Biden for the next election. No. No? Why not? Um, so, I, so presumably you think Biden's almost a shoe in is, uh, well, it, is it the he, other side? He, it's the other side. I, I, I don't think... Um, I, I'm... I'm I'm making that judgment based on Trump not recovering from his recent dip in popularity following the midterms. Um, there is some evidence that he's gaining some more traction and his latest um, policy on transgender rights is probably going to gain some traction from his core base. However, um, the midterms and his election loss suggest that he is now deemed a loser by a lot of Republicans. And I think that will ultimately mean he won't be the candidate, but I'm not all that eyes confident. on DeSantis. Then, <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm going to throw something out there for the Democrats. Actually, uh, I, I did say about age, I know, but I'm going to go for someone even older than Biden. Uh, what about a potential no, Bernie no. Sanders return? What about it? No, uh, no, no, yeah, we, we, you know, we're not going to make assumptions here, but like, I just, I, I, I wouldn't put it past him, you know, to make another bid for it. I wouldn't put it past him. Um, yeah. I don't I mean, know that, what you think, Mr. That Castell. would be a catastrophic choice for the Democrats, surely. I think that, that, that would be the one candidate that would maybe push people into seeing Trump as the safe choice. I don't think than... so. I think he's he comes across a lot more uh, coherent. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that will mean that it is possible, I suppose. And I reckon there's plenty of people who aren't even aware that Sanders is older. Yeah. Yeah, but he is seen as a as a socialist, and for many in in American politics, that is the yeah. Ultimate, but there were plenty the of there were plenty of um. There's plenty on the right who were willing to vote for um for Sanders over Clinton because he was a populist and therefore struck a chord more than the pure establishment mm. figure of Clinton. So uh, that's that not would to be say a fascinating election. I I think this is a bit make believe. I, I don't I'm, see I'm, it happening, I'm, but. Just imagine this. In 2016, we had populist versus establishment, Trump v. Clinton. The populist won. Clinton failed. In 2020, then, we had the incumbent populist versus the establishment figure of Biden. This time, Biden won. Trump v. Sanders. I mean, that would be the populist, populist v. populist yeah. standoff, wouldn't it? Yeah. 
I think it's fantasy, Ed, if you expect Sanders versus Trump. What about well, Pete, I will Peter be Josh? prepared to, be, to stand corrected um, when you replay this clip in 2024. <laughs> well, sometimes what I've long discovered is making predictions in politics is a mugs game and uh, is the one thing we can always be surprised is by, by who actually emerges. Jez Sharp said that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. We'll definitely return to maybe do some profiles on all the key candidates mm, once we've cool, got a bit great. of a clearer idea yep. of what the field is going to be. Thank you very much, James. Thank you very much, Johnny. Sorry? You've been listening to Politics the home of informative updates of contemporary politics. Yeah, you came up with a little slogan, did you? That's yeah. good, Ed. It's good. We didn't mention Nikki Haley.